thanks to our sponsor, ShareGate. You probably didn't get into cloud engineering to spend hours manually sifting through layers of data or manually creating reports to understand and explain your Azure costs. Neither did the IT pros at ShareGate, which is why they built ShareGate Overcast. ShareGate Overcast is an Azure cost intelligence tool that reduces manual monitoring and helps you make cost-efficient engineering decisions, and it can help you lower your Azure bill. ShareGate Overcast scans your Azure environment daily and analyzes your cost data. It automatically identifies cost issues and gives you the insights you need to fix problems fast. Plus, with personalized cost-saving recommendations, you can be sure you're only paying for the resources you need. Best of all, you can get ShareGate Overcast for free. Find out more at sharegate.com forward slash cloud show. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 394. Today, AC and I are going to catch up on a whole bunch of Microsoft news recorded live January 28th, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Raygun. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy application experience for your customers? With Raygun Application Performance Monitoring, you have all the information you need at your fingertips to find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. With Raygun, monitor the impact of your performance improvements, quickly identify and resolve issues, and see how your code performs in the hands of your customers, saving you time, money, and sanity. I've personally used Raygun and Hyperfish for the last four years to help me sleep better at night knowing the customers we've worked so hard to get are having a great experience. We use Raygun to alert engineers proactively so that we can be the ones to tell customers when we've fixed the problem instead of them calling us to say something's wrong. Raygun.com is my secret weapon in shipping high-quality code. Check it out at raygun.com and get up and running in minutes. Back to the show. I got the year right this time. Very happy. Very happy for you, CJ. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's been quite a week, to say the least. Would you like to elaborate at all before we move on, just to get the elephant in the room out there? And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been one hell of a week. You can tell that I sound different. Last week, I think, when we were doing our episode... I had one or two little coughing fits and we, we even kind of joked around a little bit, I think, about, oh my God, it's the COVID. I'm like, no, it's just a head cold. It's fine. But I didn't know that at the time. And I had no reason to suspect it was anything other than a head cold. But that night, what well, did the uh, classic symptom of taste just disappeared and kind of went, I don't want to say I went downhill, but yeah, I tested positive for COVID over the weekend. And I've been fortunate in the sense that the symptoms have been relatively minor. And so I've only been dealing with like loss of taste, the confusion slash lack of comprehension, slash brain fog, whatever they call that stuff. And um, a cough and just general, just being really tired, really lethargic and stuff. You can hear my voice is, is definitely not... You, you probably look can tell a lot voice better than you sound, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> That's good on the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's been... I tested positive. My son tested positive. My wife and daughter were negative. We're waiting on their retest. They're coming back. By the time this episode comes out, I'll be... Everything goes the way it looks like it's going. By the time this episode comes out, my son and I will be out of our quarantine. And we won't have to be like isolating from the rest of our family in our house. But it's been rough. I will tell you, you know, you think that you understand... I made this comment to you before the show, and I'm going to spare going through a lot of details and stuff because I'll be completely honest, everyone. I really don't care to get any more input. Some people have, or you get a lot of unsolicited input. If you've ever had kids before, if you've ever had kids before, if you're a listener and you, and you know, Mm -hmm. if you remember when you and your spouse got pregnant, when you actually had kids 
And you get all that unsolicited input about how you're supposed to raise your kids. So take that, multiply it times two, compress it in the span of about 24 hours, and then add in about 33% of just BS out of wacky kind of facts that people make up out of the blue. It's about like that. It will drive you absolutely mad. So I appreciate everybody who's reached out, but I'm now just trying to get through the rest of it and get back to getting back to a normal life. And hopefully my wife and daughter come back negative so that we can disinfect the house like crazy and get back to our normal lives and whatever. So it's just, it's not fun. I just asked everybody, please take it seriously. I'm lucky in that I have not had more than just mild symptoms, but it's a royal, it's a royal pain in the ass. And it's a, even if you have none of the bad symptoms, the sickness type symptoms, you don't want to deal with all the stuff that goes around it. Having to wear gloves to, you know, other people in your house, every time you go in the kitchen, go wash your hands, then put gloves on when you want to make your own food because you're tired of asking your spouse or somebody else the house to make you food and you don't want to get somebody else sick. It's a lot. Yeah. It's old. It's really old. So that is why CJ is going to be our host for two episodes in a row, last week (laughs) and this week. And I may go for long periods of silence silence while I go through another coughing fit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm sure there's a bunch of people listening that are are hoping you mend well and soon and and get back to full health and all that sort of stuff. Because it's brutal to have seen somebody who's taking things really seriously also fall victim to this, right, in in one way, shape or form and, and catch it. So you've been doing all the right stuff. And so, but it's impossible to be perfectly safe, right? There's no such thing. So, and, and I think you go to show that. So it's, uh, yeah, wish you a speedy recovery as I'm sure everybody else listening does too. I appreciate it. It's, um, it was surprising. You know, it's just, somebody is going to say, you know, as much as, care, as careful as we were and as masked up everywhere we went, I'm not going to enumerate everything that we do and don't do and stuff, no. but it was surprising to me that we got it, especially that we are, because we're, my family is so careful. And yeah. it just goes to show that you, know, you can have just one little vulnerability or one little vector. And that's where, yeah, that's where we can assume it kind of came in. But I also don't want people to think like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. We just do what you want. You're going to get it anyway. Like, that's, frankly, if, you're, if that's your attitude towards it, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're a freaking fool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, so, indeed. But anyway, hopefully next week I'll be uh, at least more back to normal and, and such. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you, obviously, hope you feel better soon. And uh, I guess people listening to the show will will hopefully hear a vast improvement in your voice next week <laughs> and they can, you know, have an update based on that. How about that? <laughs> that I'm, I'm looking forward to having to take my, my pulse ox every four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, actually on that, so I was talking to another fr- a mutual friend of ours the other day about this and it's got the whole COVID situation has got him taking his health a bit more seriously and he's he's checking his oxygen levels and things just out of interest. He went for a general health check anyway and he's realized that he's he runs pretty low on the O2 scale normally, mm-hmm. right? Like more like down at, not low, low, but like lower, like sort of around the 93 to 95% mark. Wow, normal. that's low. That's yeah. low. Yeah, that's what I thought. And he, But then he also said that it doesn't take much for that to drop, right? So you can get down into the low 90s and late 80s pretty quick. So yeah, it's got him thinking about how to manage his health a bit better. And you just mentioned ox meter and that popped into my head. 
is a good month to choose to be a dry January. So we quit drinking for the month of January. So it's probably a good timing for us to do that. So a little bit on the healthier side. And we did have a, I mean, it's, it's funny. I'll go through one meeting, one conference call, and I'll check my pulse ox and I can see that it's dropped from right. triggering the coughing fits and stuff like that. And it's, you know, I haven't had to go see my doctor yet, but he's like, when your number falls to this, that's when I want to see you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. My goal is to stay out of the yellow. So there you go. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I got to well, take it again in one minute. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know on this yeah. just from the talking I've done so far. <laughs> so, based on our news, we'll be able to tell whether you liked it or didn't like it based on your oxygen level. Oh, we shouldn't joke about this, but. But, but might as well. What the hell, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there he goes. Okay. Well, with that said, shall we dive in? Yeah. Let's dive in. Let's do it. This episode is sponsored by Nintex. If you could score an extra hour or two back in your day, would you take it? Because our friends over at Nintex want to give you a gift. The gift of time. Seriously, if you haven't checked out what Nintex has to offer lately, you definitely should. The platform built on Azure has evolved a lot. In just the past few months, the Nintex team has added new process mapping capabilities and most recently, a new eSign capability called Nintex Sign, powered by Adobe Sign. Nintex also continues to revolutionize products you know and trust, including Nintex Workflow and Forms. With the power of Nintex, it is faster and easier for you to configure, not code, giving you valuable time back every day to sprint it however you want. Test drive the Nintex Process Cloud at Nintex.com. This podcast is brought to you by Fpoint. If you like the Cloud Show, you will love the Shift Happens podcast with Microsoft MVP and Regional Director Dux Raymond Sai. Each week, Dux talks with one of the industry's brightest stars about their most challenging modern workplace or digital transformation projects. He uncovers the players, organizational hurdles, and last-minute surprises that inevitably arise when ambitious people try to impact their workplace. Season 1 features FedEx, Wells Fargo, Heathrow Airport, United Airlines, and other industry leaders. Go to www.avpoint.com forward slash blog forward slash shift happens or search for the hashtag shift happens. That's one word, hashtag shift happens, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today. And we're back. All right. So Microsoft News, this week's a bit of a roundup. We've got sort of general Microsoft News we're going to talk about, some Azure stuff, some team stuff and some Microsoft 365 stuff, and then we'll dive into some picks at the end. But kicking things off, this week has been all sorts of crazy in the stock market for a variety of reasons, but we had some Microsoft earnings come out this week, and they, I think it's fair to say, they utterly crushed it. And the, the consensus on the street was beaten, and it seems to be, reading between the lines, that a ton of it is that it is Azure, a mixture of COVID has been strangely good for Microsoft in some ways, right? Great for Azure. Windows revenue is up. People are buying more laptops and PCs because they've obviously got to work from home. That won't last forever, of course. And Office 365 is, is doing really well as well. And it seems like reading between the lines that companies are, sp are doubling down or spending a ton more on their migration to the or move to the cloud. We take the stuff for granted, but I keep getting the sense that I shouldn't really sound that surprised about it because it shouldn't be that surprising, but I get the sense that there's just a massive amount of the market that still haven't made the shift and that Microsoft is cruising around, hoovering up 
a ton of this revenue and share that's up for grabs still. And we live in this bubble of talking about the cloud all the time. And like, that's the only thing that exists, but there are that like millions of companies out there that still have servers on-prem, still have big on-prem infrastructure that more of it has been susceptible to be moved to the, or has been targeted to move to the cloud due to COVID and working from remotely and all that sort of stuff. And Microsoft is reaping the benefits of it. So that's what these quarterly numbers say to me. It's, I agree with you. I think that a lot of it, maybe this is what you're saying, but I mean, a lot of it to me is that you're right that a lot of companies have not moved a lot of their core businesses to the cloud, however you want to see it, whether it's processing stuff and like, you know, public cloud, like in Azure, AWS, whatever, or if it's collaboration stuff like mail and teams and productivity stuff. But regardless, I think that the one thing that we've seen where what the pandemic has done is it's given companies a reason why they couldn't just put it off. And it was something like, no, this really needs to get done so that we can still effectively have business. And I think that when you're forced to be in that position, it does make things, if there were barriers before or there were fear barriers of things that we're trying to worry about, now it's stuff that they don't have to worry about as much because it's like, okay, we've had to do it. We see it's not that big yeah. of a deal and it yeah. works for our business. And now everything is just a plus one. Going from zero to one was the hard part. Going from one to two, right. that's not the hard part. Yeah, and being forced into making that move, right? Uh, yeah. Or having your, having your hand forced to get over that hump. I guess it, you know, it'll be good for them in the long run because if they're able to do this now, they can they can do more in the future. But yeah, so the you know the highlights, I guess, were revenue, right? They did forty point zero eight billion in revenue versus, sorry, forty three point zero eight billion for the quarter. Forty three billion dollars in a quarter is just a huge amount of money versus forty point one eight billion expected by analysts. So the analysts like were really, really off. You don't just suddenly magic $3 billion out of nowhere, right? So mm. that's, you know, even as a percentage, it's a decent percentage of 43. But yeah, they were off by a ton. And then earnings per share of $2.03 versus $1.64 per share as, as expected by analysts. What's kind of interesting though about all this is th this great news for Microsoft uh, investors at least dropped during possibly one of the most tumultuous and volatile weeks on the stock market. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that Microsoft has benefited from it. Their stock jumped, but probably not as much as it should have based on this news, given the carnage that's going on uh, in the stock market this week. This is the week, if you're not familiar with when we record, we record a week prior that the show comes out. This was the week that, of GameStop. Like, let's just leave it at that, right? Read up about GameStop. <laughs> and the short squeeze and what's going on with AMC and a bunch of other stocks that have been heavily shorted and the Reddit, Wall Street bets subreddit that's sticking it to them, stuff like that. So go read up about it. It's fascinating if you're into this stuff. But yeah, Microsoft's news landed this week. So probably um, the reaction has probably been a little dampened from uh, what it could have been. But um, really interesting highlights, like the ones I pick out are, like I mentioned before, more personal computing, the the Windows segment increased, and that's due to PC shipments predominantly. So um, more people are buying PCs from home, home laptops, things like that. That's incredible. Uh, they're talking about, obviously, large gains in Azure and things. Also, Xbox was another really interesting segment with a ton of growth. 
I guess more people are buying Xboxes, they're at home, they're playing more games, things like that. And then the productivity and business processes segment, including Office Dynamics and LinkedIn, produced up 13%. That is pretty fantastic all around, really. Azure grew 50%. What else is interesting here? Office 365 commercial, 21%. Server products and cloud services, 26%. Xbox, 40%. Isn't that incredible? I think some of it you mentioned earlier, like how the analysts like really miss their expectations. I mean, looking at some of the reports coming across from other stocks that were reporting quarterly just recently between Tesla and Facebook and Apple. And it seems like when we look at this, this is the quarter that just most recently ended. So at least here in the United States, there was a lot of like turmoil and stuff going on with the, with the U.S. election. There's just a lot of uncertainty with, with COVID and everything. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if some of this is just so many of the rules were just so different this time around that it's hard to kind of get your finger on, get a good beat on, you know, what can we expect? What can we expect for the holiday season for the consumer device kind of people? And then what can yeah. we expect for like the business stuff going in and what the next year is going to turn into? And this election that, you know, it looked like it was all taken care of and so you knew the way that the U.S. government was going to go, but then you kind of also had that tinge of like, I don't know, maybe things are going to be different. And yep. I don't know, just a lot of uncertainty. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how these, uh, how the analysts, like, how well, how close they pen stuff going forward. Because it seems like there was a lot of misses on the big stuff this year. Right. This quarter. Right. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty and variables, I guess, as well. Right. So that's uh, Microsoft earnings. Continuing the diminishing returns. Oh, sorry. Not, that's not the right, not the right term. Diminishing returns is definitely not the right term for this. Cons- diminishing execu- executives. Yes. Diminishing ex- executives. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. See, you're not all that foggy. You're still sharp. There we go. <laughs> Along with Julia White and Brad Anderson. Brad Anderson. That's who it was. Yes. Microsoft announced that, <laughs> <laughs> that corporate strategy officer Kurt Delbeni will be leaving Microsoft in June. So um, actually, I used to work in the office next door to Kurt many, many years ago. He hmm. used to run the WSS and SharePoint server teams. Oh, right. So really? Tipa used to Tipa, Jeff Tipa used to report to Kurt and oh gosh, his name slips my mind right now. When the teams were separate, when there was a WSS engineering team and there was a SharePoint server engineering team back in the days before they combined, yeah, they both reported to Kurt. Yeah. So they were, hmm. we're building 16. He worked in the office next door and um I've got to work together a little bit. But yeah, he is. This is a sort of second retirement from Microsoft. He left quite a while back and then came back. Yeah, interesting things about Kurt. He's into historic formula. He's he has a historic Formula One car that oh, he races. No well, I imagine it's not right now, but he used to race in Monaco, for example. Yeah, and he had photos on his office of his F one car, which was kind of cool. Really nice guy. Really into cars and racing and all that sort of stuff and interesting hobbies outside of work. But yeah, he came back. Gosh, I forget when he when he arrived back. Oh, here we go. 2014, 2013 he left, but he joined in 1992. Man. Yeah. That's why he owns an F1 car. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He's got that FUIV money, the GameStop yeah, money. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So he left in 2013 and he went to go and help with the healthcare.gov website. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Recovery, remember how the website sort of tanked 
when it launched due to load and all of that. And he helped with, you know, pulling the team together to get that back up and running. That's right. Anyway, he came back in, back in 2015 and he's been at Microsoft again since then. So yeah, this time he's retiring again. I don't know if he's going somewhere else, but I can't imagine he won't do something else. But his wife is a senator, so I imagine their lives are pretty, a US senator, I should say, I believe. Senator, yeah. And so their lives are probably pretty chaotic with all of that as well. So I can't imagine having a spouse in politics. That must be, that must be rough. I mean, it's good business right now, but holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not someplace I'd want to be right now. Yeah, so. exactly. Hey, um, now are you itching to get something off your chest? I have something here. Yeah, I'll share it so. quick. It's a quick update. This is a Azure update. I was looking for, I'm look, I was looking for just news of things that are like things that, that have been in the news lately. Um, because I still feel like we're in this slow news phase towards the beginning of the year. But in Azure, there's a blog post that came out this week on January the 26th about cost and management billing updates in Azure for January 2021. So I'm not going to read through this whole thing, part because we don't have the time to do that. And part because I don't have the energy to do that. <laughs> yeah. But there's a new view, new cost view for resource groups, rem- remembering last year's scope in cost management, what's new in cost management labs, defining roles and responsibilities for cloud cost optimizations, five ways to save costs by running .NET apps in Azure, new ways to save money with Azure, new videos and learning ops, and documentation updates. So there's a link in the show notes to where you can go take a look at all of these updates. Lots of pretty screen grabs and a lot of additional links for details if you want to dive in and learn more. Go take a squiz. Yeah, cool. All right, moving right along. SAP and Microsoft are extending their partnership. Strange timing, given Julia is going there, don't you think? <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> they are do- I, I joke. They're, um, they've done stuff for quite a while together. SAP have announced that they are going to do more together around teams. So you'll be able to um, integrate with decades-old technology through... Months old technology. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I jest a little bit. Obviously, SAP's used pretty much everywhere. But yeah, so they're going to do more in Teams. I suspect what this means is SAP's going to come out with a suite of apps that integrate with Teams so that Teams customers can do stuff with SAP. Goodness knows what the scenarios are that they're going to target. I guess more of that will come out in the future. But often these are kind of just like announcements that they're going to do some things together. They've formalized a kind of something around the partnership and the scenarios they're going to target. And teams will do some work to help enable those new scenarios, which will accrue value to anybody building apps for Teams. And SAP will be able to go build the apps they want. So yeah, if you're an SAT, SAP customer, more purchase orders will be available to be <laughs> created through Teams. Fantastic. From the Microsoft 365 side, I know this will be interesting for, I guess, a bunch of developers, a bunch of .NET developers, but then also for IT pros that the Patterns and Practices team, they have a big PowerShell module that is open source driven that's been a bit very popular for many, many, many years. This week, they released an update. Actually, today, January the 28th, they released a blog post that talks about there's a brand new version of PMP PowerShell that is completely open source, which it's always been. But the neat thing about it is that it's completely cross-platform PowerShell as well. It's been able, they've built it on top of the SharePoint CSOM for .NET Standard 2.0, which meant they can completely recompile all the stuff so it works on all different platforms where PowerShell is supported, including Windows, Mac, OS, Linux, 
Azure Functions, Azure Automation, and in the Azure Cloud Shell. And yes, they even tested it on a Raspberry Pi. So it's cool because you know it's a big update. They also had another big update that they released, another big thing that they released recently, which people used to call, I think, the PMP Sites Core, where now it's just being called the PMP Framework, which is like the, the API, the object model that you can use inside your apps instead of using just the CSOM that, that Microsoft right. provides. You can use the community one as well. Gotcha. Continuing its good work over time. Speaking of PMP, they have a new modern search v4 solution. I'm not familiar with this, but my understanding, my very rudimentary understanding is when you want to go customize SharePoint search, then there's some pre-canned sort of templates or solution models, I guess, for want of a better word, in PMP that you can go use to build a better search solution. Yeah, there was a customization option, but it only worked for classic. And so what the Patterns mm. Practices group has been doing is working on some reusable web parts that you can kind of slice together. Remember how like in the old days we had the BBC web parts that you could kind of you know put yeah. them together to create an app to create an implementation or, or a, an experience? That's kind of like what the search stuff has done. This V4 update is a big one though for them though, because it allows you to it supports a provider model. So right now it's using the search that we get out of the box. But if you wanted to switch into a different search, like you use Microsoft Search or Azure Search, then you can even hook them up to work with those. So your data is not always coming just from a Microsoft 365 search index. Yeah, gotcha. Very um, cool. Yeah, that was a big one. And then there's also, I figured it was also worth saying, I know there are a bunch of people who do office admin development. Tristan Davis from Microsoft published a blog post on January the 27th that talks about a bunch of areas on where they're focused for 2021. I was really hoping to see that they would be doubling down or at least investing on their area of being able to use the SharePoint framework to build Office add-ins and have them be hosted in SharePoint, but be surfaced inside of Office add-ins. They launched that as preview for Outlook. Word, Excel, PowerPoint was supposed to be coming later. But this kind of confirms some stuff that I thought was going on, which kind of says that it's not really a priority for the Office group right now. So unfortunately, I think that that whole idea of using SharePoint for Office add-ins is uh, probably on the back burner for a little while. Hmm. So a little disappointing, but seems like it was another yeah. one of those, uh, yet another one of the things from Microsoft 365 where they announced something and then things kind of like putter a little bit and then nobody was on the same page to kind of follow through, it seems. But, yeah. Well, if you build Office add-ins for your own apps, for example, people would be interested in this, you know, to go maybe line of business apps inside your company or whatnot. Definitely go check out this blog post. It gives a good summary for 2021. Regardless of whether you like the news or not, it's nice to have them say, hey, here's what we're going to focus on for, for this year. I agree. That is a big thing I've been asking Microsoft, especially 365 for, is like just some, just some transparency. Can you kind of tell us what your priorities are? I get that there's things you're not going to want to announce before they're actually ready to announce. But what are your priorities? What's your focus? I mean, because we kind of think that your focus is one thing. And when you don't do that, then there's some disappointment. And I understand that you can't share everything, but yeah. I mean, if you kind of, if people's expectations are one thing and you do something different, then there's disappointment. It seems like there's a way to address that. And so yeah. hopefully we'll see more of that going forward. They say that they want to, but you know, proof is in the pudding. So we'll see where they, we'll see if they actually do it. Yeah. Okay. I see. I don't want to keep you talking for too long. So, but we don't want to skip out on the picks either. Why don't we take a brief break to hear from one of our incredible sponsors and we'll be back with some picks. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. 
back to the show. All right. Exciting stuff this week, AC. What have you got for us? Do you remember a while back, we started giving away those solo keys for our, um, our listeners? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So these guys have a new Kickstarter, which has just started up. It's Solo V2. It's a safety net against phishing. So it's similar to what they did last time, but this one's got a lot more to it. So this one also gives you the ability to where you can like touch both the sides to it. So instead of just pushing a button, you can touch both sides for it to be capacitive to make sure that somebody's really there. There's a lot of really cool things about this that are, that are also there. You can get it available as um, solo as a series. Sorry, USB A or USB C. It's fully open source, FIDO2 security, two factor off for using the password less login. And you know, I got a I have a personal connection to these guys because my cousin's involved in it. It has uh, been very cool to watch that. Their Kickstarter project is only two days old and they are already, I can't do the percentage in my head, but their goal was $5,000 and they're nearly at $150,000 in two days, 2,400 backers. So it's great. Good campaign going again. Yeah, it's good to see them truck along with this. It's really cool, actually. It's good to see it get to their V2. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. How well, about this you, what week, you got for us? I got a short one. I now have a reason to go to the Oval Office. Ooh, uh, oh, I know now, what you're doing. <laughs> the, next problem, the next problem is how to get there. Oh, Bernie's been trying for years and you got everywhere except for the Oval Office. <laughs> Savage. Savage. <laughs> I don't mean like I want the job. Hell no. Yeah. Definitely don't want that job. I mean, just go to visit. And the reason being is NASA has now lent the Biden administration a moon rock for an Oval Office display. And it, it doesn't look like a small rock either. It looks pretty decent, decently sized. So yes, it's going to be on display in the Oval Office. It's from Apollo 17, right? So the last Apollo mission, I believe, memory mm-hmm. serves correctly. Astronaut Ronald Evans and moonwalkers Harrison, Harrison Schmidt and Eugene Cernan, the last humans to set foot on the moon, chipped the sample from a large boulder at the base of the North Massif in the Taurus Litap. Gosh, I can't say it. Littoral Valley. There you go. Three kilometers from the lunar module. So yeah, they you know brought this back, and now it's sitting on. I don't know where it's sitting. Maybe on a side table or something. I saw like some pictures of that, and I couldn't figure out where he, where President Biden had put it in the office because like I was. They did a, like the news did some tour about his new office. Like, there's new artwork that's in there, and here's the the meaning behind this portrait and this yeah. portrait. But I couldn't find the rock anywhere. Maybe it's not been put out yet. The photo that NASA posted looked like it's in a car park. Like it looks really odd. But it, I'm sure that's not the floor of the Oval Office because it looked concrete with yellow lines painted on it. Anyways. <laughs> so yes, there's, they're going to have this in the Oval Office. I would like to go. I, I'm um, obviously short of some accolades to be invited there by the presidents. <laughs> I'm going to have to work on that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I hope nobody, uh, nobody swipes it. Remember there was this case of the stolen moon rocks and all of that mm. sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I do. A, I'm sure there's a big market, black market, a big black market for the stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty sure there's probably some decent security around it at the Oval Office. Yeah, I would hope so. Definitely yeah. would hope so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, AC, obviously get well soon. We're all thinking of you and uh, wishing you the best on your speed for a speedy recovery. Thanks for sticking it out for the show. We hope you're feeling better next week as well, obviously. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Cool. Thanks, man. 
Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience, and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com forward slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or MP3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to microsoftcloudshow.com, where you'll get notices of each episode, as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.